Everyone, we're back. Pints and Provisions Podcast. We've got everybody here today. We've got Dan all the way from Lombard. Hi, Dan. Hey, fellas. What's up? Mark and Ryan, we're kind of sitting here together, all hunched over. Happy like, to be here. <laughs> happy hey, to be here. Cheers, guys. We're like family now. It's yeah, all right. Yeah. Only Dan is always the one that we miss the most. <laughs> well, it's not snowing today, mic- so I have my own microphone, so I'm feeling pretty good about it. Hopefully, you've well, what we found, what we found, Evan and I talked about this uh, a couple days ago. Uh, every time I come to Peoria, Ryan goes to Mexico. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like you're running away from me. I don't, I don't take all the blame for that. I can't. I can't argue that. Fair enough. I don't have uh, yeah. any proof to. Debate I'm coming that. down. I'm coming down for the for the podcast next week, and you're going to Monterey. I'll be in Mexico. <laughs> yep. Fact. <laughs> Which that'll be exciting. Um, we will be recording at Bearded Owl awesome. Brewing here in Peoria. We're going to sit down with Nick and company. Uh, I actually think it's going to be kind of a busy night down there. I think they have an event going on. so I think it'll be fun. It'll be fun. And so, we're going to celebrate Dan's birthday. hey You know it. You know it. Big, Big night. Three, four. Big 3-4. Oh, my. Getting old, <laughs> man. Getting old. Leaves leaves Ryan as the only one who's still in his in his uh, the lower part of his thirties. I'm I'm comfortably into my mid thirties now. Thirty four is a mid thirties. Come on, give yourself a little credit. Uh, I feel older. <laughs> Dan, what are you drinking? Anyways, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking uh, actually. Uh, good segue. This is the one I've been digging recently. Is the uh, strawberry rhubarb from New Glarus. It was one of those very random. Uh, uh, on my way home from a bachelor party a couple weeks ago, picked it up at a gas station, got a case of it, and it's delicious. Uh, sweet, got some tart to it. Uh, strawberry and rhubarb both just nailed. It's such a good beer. So refreshing. Perfect for the 95 degree, 95 degree heat we've been experiencing here. Yeah, that's only like 4% or something, right? Nice low yeah, ABV, it's really, good drinking. Really, yeah, really, yeah, very, uh, very crushable, as we say. No, I always awesome. like New Glarus beers. They kind of focus on the traditional and German styles um, with, you know, with a lot of fun in there, too, with the fruited um, fruited beers that they have. I was, man, and if you get a chance to go up to their brewery, it's a beautiful place. It's like being in Switzerland. Um, actually, I think it's what? It's like the Swiss capital of the United States, apparently. Huh. Um, or at least they, they claim to be. I think they're the immigrants that came and developed that town were originally from Switzerland, and yeah, the brewery has uh, kind of kept its very, very, very first origins into their you know their theme. And I think at least originally, I think all their equipment was all um, European. Yeah. So they had it shipped over and wanted to keep it as authentic as possible, and they do good things. Can't complain. Yeah, and it's only like three hours from where we are here, yep. so it's it's easily doable. All right, Mark. What was your favorite beer of the week? Beer of the week. Um, I what are we drinking most, now, Evan? Most recently. Well, yeah. well, let's do well, this first. Okay. We're gonna do the beer of the week. Why don't we do what you most enjoyed recently? Okay, recently. <laughs> All right. Vague gonna, on the week ish. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, a beer from the Rare Barrel. It was nice. hypnotized. It's a. Uh, it was a nice uh, American Wild uh, sour, six six percent uh, with, and it was done. Um, with raspberries and it was uh, oak oak aged, just a fantastic sour. And the rare barrels out of Northern California, is that right? Yes, they are. Okay, 
Yeah, I've had a couple of their sours before. I think we had one here a while I back. Or, I think, think Berkeley. Ber- Berkeley. They do pretty good yes. stuff. Yep. Okay. Great. Ryan. My up. So I've got a unique one. Uh, mine is by The Brewery, B-R-U-E-R-Y, um, based on their, their owner, Patrick Rue. Uh, Sucre, which is their old ale. It's an anniversary ale from 2014. And it was a variant of it that was aged in Madeira wine barrels, um, a 14.7% uh, barrel-aged old ale, um, and it was fantastic. It was uh, an old ale's kind of a unique style. It's very similar to like an English barley wine, um, really caramely malty, but the wine barrel um, added some sweetness to it, but wasn't overpowering. Uh, it was very oaky. I mean, it's about a four-year-old beer now, so. Maybe a little bit of oxidation in it, but it was uh, in a good way. Um, I wish I had more because that was my last one. So uh, it was really, really enjoyable that I had on a Sunday night watching the um, LeBron James game. Zero, zero surprise hearing that the uh, brewery beer you enjoyed was a 14.3%. I don't think they do anything under 10% that I've ever had. <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, a lot of the stuff that I've had that I've really enjoyed by them is twice. It's it's twice a normal uh, barrel aged stout. I mean, you're talking like Black Tuesday. I was going to say Wednesday, this is the lower end of their I mean, stuff, Dan. Yeah, they're. It's I mean, crazy. they have they have some of these, they have some of these ones that are approaching twenty percent and more. And and you can I mean if the, on the on on the fresh ones you can really taste the heat of the barrel, but on the older ones it really falls off and it's. You have to be very. You can't drink one of those by yourself, or you'll be. You will be done. Yeah, I shared this with with a few friends. We kind of just. Everyone took a few small pours of it. Um, You know, nothing too crazy. But uh, yeah, I mean, they do some sours that are on the you know under ten percent. But outside of that, I mean, all their stuff is like sixteen percent and above. Um, So even their their old ales, their anniversary ales are uh, in the fourteen percent range. Is like very very low ABV for them, which is pretty crazy. And they've been doing it for a long time where you think a lot of the, like Jay Wakefield's just getting into the 17, 18% stuff. I mean, brewery's been doing it for close to 10 years. And I mean, they've really, really got it going with, um, you know, getting a good high ABV beer that ages really, really well, in my opinion. Yeah. And, ta- and tastes good, fresh and aged. Yeah. Honestly, I think they're all, they're, they're very different, right? You have the, the, the chocolate rain is, is incredibly high alcohol content the chocolate really doesn't come out in my opinion early but then if you had like i had one uh a few months ago that was like four years old and it was like it was like eating chocolate pudding except it was 20 percent alcohol it was amazing (laughs) incredible so evan what's your favorite of the recent couple of days or week or so it's probably going to be one of the most boring of any of this, but I had a Lagunitas IPA at the pool when it was hot, and it just hit the spot. So, you know, like your traditional, more West Coast-style IPA, um, you know, it was kind of the best thing that I had available in terms of where I was. So <clears throat> that's kind of what, what you know, right mood, right beer, it's, it's all it takes. So I, that was probably the thing I enjoyed the most over the past week. Very nice. Mark, what did you think of the beer we just had? That was fantastic. You guys kind of sprung that on me. I didn't know what it was. Uh, it was kind of a blind taste test at first. Uh, very sweet. I popped it right in your um, nose. So I got chocolate and vanilla and marshmallow, and I think I, I nailed it. They were it was spot on with the with the flavors that they were going for. 
This is the most. This is the most unfortunate thing about having to Skype in as often as I do. Is I get to hear you guys talk about the beer you're enjoying, and I'm like, now the strawberry rhubarb doesn't taste quite as good as it did because of what you're drinking. <laughs> it's, it's all still, right. <laughs> it's still good. Yeah, I'll just read the read the description. Um, so this uh, the beer that we just finished um, is by Flagler Village out of Fort Lauderdale, uh, Florida. Um, it is called uh, Barrel Age S'more Stout. It is a 12% uh, American Imperial Stout, uh, aged in bourbon barrels with toasted marshmallow, uh, cacao nibs, and graham crackers. Pretty syrupy, pretty thick. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, quote unquote a uh, pastry stout by all means, but it was it's pretty tasty. Um, I think sweet. we all enjoyed it quite a bit. I like to call these the diabetes stouts. Because <laughs> uh, they're that sweet, I feel like I might so, need to take the Wilford Grimley of stouts, <laughs> the insulin invoking of stouts. <laughs> yeah, that's what. But it, I, I mean, have, it, it nails everything. It's, it nails everything it's going for. They're just super sweet. Yeah, I think Mark and I drink ours a little bit quicker. So Dan, what'd you do last I weekend? Saw. Evan and I were at Dark Lord Day. Did you have some good beers, or was that your bachelor party weekend? Uh, no, I was in Florida for a wedding, um, and I was kind of caught in no man's land of, of uh, you know, I, you know, Ryan being the go-to beer guy on the cast, it, it was like, I'm like, hey, where should I go? What should I look for? And the closest thing that I could find was like an hour away. I think and I told you Flagler Village or Cigar City. Yeah, it's like, I'm like, it's, separate, that, you know, it's an hour, two hours away. And, and you know what? Like I went to, I went to one, um, one liquor store. And they had some like, you know, Jialai that was on the shelf that was like from November. And I'm just like, yeah, I think I'm going to pass on that. You know, it's just like we can get it here. It's good. But, um, you know, I I didn't really have any options. So we did uh, we did uh, Yingling for most of the time, which is a good, you know, a good go to beer that you can find anywhere. And I, I, you know, I've always liked that beer. So. Which is a good segue because I, I, you know, I think Mark and I both have a couple questions about Dark Lord Day just as a follow up. Um, I think that that was one of my favorite podcasts that we've done is listening into you know the night before when you um, had probably the best night in pints and provisions as far as whales go. Um, you whales were putting down bro. some serious. You were putting down some serious serious beers. Um, and then the next morning you had a good, you had a good plan. And then as the day went on, uh, you just sounded like you were having more and more fun. We won't expound on it from there, but it was, uh, it, it sounded like it was a great time. So I, you know, my, my, I guess my first question is, you know, what, um, what was different about this year that made it better? And what is, you know, what do you think three Floyds is doing really to, to hone in and to, uh, make this day go as well as it does? I don't know if I felt like there was much that was different from the previous year that I went. Now, this was only my second year, and so I can't speak to, you know, what, the four years that Ryan has gone. But there really wasn't much different other than the way that they did the wristbands, which made going to get your beer and food a lot easier. Um, You know, but I guess, you know, I guess I'm, you know, in terms of getting your bottles and everything and, and how they had set up. Now... The way they did the drafts was probably the biggest difference from last year, which drafts weren't exciting last year. They didn't have, you know, things that were um, attention-seeking. People weren't waiting in line for stuff all that much because 
you had to bring, you were allowed to bring in so much more. And, you know, like this year, even the stuff that wasn't the Dark Lord variants that they had were pretty amazing draft items. Like, I think I remember last year, and we waited till the bitter end thinking, oh, they're going to pop something crazy here at the very end of the day because everyone's gone. And about the best thing they had was Hunapus. And not to say that that's a, you know, a, a sleeper. I mean, you know, you should sleep on it, but compared to what they had this year, Hunapu would be, unfortunately, easily looked over. I mean, they had all kinds of crazy stuff from Side Project. I saw stuff from The Answer, uh, True out in Denver, Colorado, which is a pretty up-and-coming brewery. Um, I mean, obviously, they had all the, the draft items from the variants from Dark Lord, which really drew huge lines, and maybe not in the most positive way, but, you know, if you wanted to wait for it, you got some. I don't know, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I was just going to kind of add to that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, because um, they had uh, Bent Paddle, Barrel-Aged, uh, Double Shot, Double, Double Black, Black, I think is the name of it, um, which is a, a beer we've had on the podcast before that's really good. Um, Barrel Theory out of St. Paul, um, they had a couple beers by them on. They had Monster Tones, which is, you know, really considered one of the bigger, quote, whales, or whatever you want to call it, of... Uh, of all the beers that they had, including some of the Dark Lord stuff, um, by uh, Modern Times Brew out of San Diego. So I mean, they really went big with the uh, with the taps. Um, so that was really the big, I would say, the biggest difference. Um, and obviously, I was uh, you know pretty ecstatic about it on uh, on Saturday when we recorded. Um, I had uh, some some generous person gave me um, I don't know probably a four or five ounce pour of Toppling Goliath SR seventy one. Um, very early, in, maybe late morning, early afternoon. So I think I was just on cloud nine from that all day. Um, so the the taps were really probably the biggest difference. Um, and I mean, I know we talked about a little bit on the the last podcast, but um, the food this year was by Three Floyds, um, and so it wasn't uh, food trucks is, is what they've done in the past. So um, the food was in itself uh, and a part of the experience too. So um, just walking around trying different um, different you know, plates or whatever you want to get of different things um, was also really uh, enjoyable. Obviously, very important part of uh, a, a 10, 12 hour long beer festival, too. So, um, you know, all that combined, I would say, you know, did improve the the overall experience. But just the way that they have the layout of such a big area of land, um, it's really, really well organized. Uh, they've got porta potties all over. They've got the tents really spread out so that if there is a line it's not overcrowding um the area that people are trying to hang out in kind of like you know when you walk around an airport you got to fight through lines constantly just because people are lining up at the gate you know stuff like that so i mean nice and widespread and uh i mean i think it just made it um i don't know just really well organized and if you want to listen to um heavy metal not hard rock yeah (laughs) heavy metal Uh, you can so go do metal. that too, but so uh, you know you can you can uh, keep your distance from that kind of music if you don't like it, and and crack different bottles and drink draft beers and kind of watch the tents. And we've kind of been in the same spot the last two years, and it's worked out pretty nice. So it's a when the weather's good, it is a fun time. I, I love that even if you do have to fight through like crowds of people, shoulder to shoulder, back to back. 
at least there's someone you can turn around who might be willing to pour something good for you. Yeah. It's not like if you're at O'Hare Airport and you bump into somebody <laughs> yeah. and they're... Bad analogy. They're, yeah, they're upset that you bump into At least they're like, oh, sorry, man. Oh, do you want to pour of my Cantillon? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> might as well. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah which point. is something I guess I, I didn't realize this, and maybe it's because I haven't done the research because I am always disappointed every time... Uh, Dark Lord Day comes around because I can't go. You're going. Uh, You're going next year, though. Remember? I, I know. I, yeah, I know. I yeah. I, I I've already I've already asked. I've already been given the go ahead, but things have a way of changing. So uh, I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm not going to get my hopes up. Um, but I guess I just didn't realize, you know, that that, that you know when Evan and I did the uh, the fireside chat and we're talking about the beer events. Um, I had always thought that Dark Lord Day was like, hey, everybody bring a bunch of beers and you're going to wait for bottles and Three Floyds does their own tappings. I never realized that it was like a, you know, it was a reciprocal event where these, where Three Floyds has this destination event that people fly in from. I mean, there were people from, I mean, I, I think I saw one guy was from Belgium had flown in. And I mean, people come in from, from around the world and certainly around the country and, and there they have breweries from around the nation there and it's not about. It's not just about three Floyds, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and the way they embrace the the sharing part of it and people bringing in bottles helps a lot. I think. I actually think this year being able to bring in less beer actually kind of made it more enjoyable because it kind of forced you to keep an eye on the the drafts and they had so many good draft beers that it was a really good combination to kind of split it up between you know bottles that people brought in, but actually going and having a good draft beer and and the draft beer. I mean. It's like for some of the really, really high ABV stuff, it's like $6 for an eight ounce pour. So, I mean, it is really, really affordable um, relative to what you would, you know, you should or, or normally would pay for, um, you know, pours like that, uh, you know, in the Chicago area or, or wherever, at a, you know, normal beer event. So, I mean, all that combined, it's, uh, yeah, they do a good job. So that kind of brings up a point uh, that was one of my questions. So obviously, Three Floyds has embraced this event and made it a, a, a destination event and invited other brewers from around the country. And so my question is, what's your guys' take on how the city of Munster, Indiana, um, are they are they open to this? Do they embrace this event? And along with that, are there, I know there's multiple other breweries in the area, uh, including Chicago, but other ones in the northern Indiana area, do they kind of all work around this event too and just kind of piggyback off of this huge event? Yeah, I mean, I would say, uh, generally speaking, yes. Um, the you know the hotels embrace it really well. Obviously, they charge more for the room, so they make more money. But um, all the workers at the hotels were like, you know, congratulations, you guys got Dark Lord tickets. It's such a fun weekend. They had like um, um, some of them had like welcome baskets. They had welcome baskets for Dark Lord. Uh, yeah, like you would show up at a wedding, you know, and have a welcome basket. They would have like water and Tylenol. Death metal. Yeah, and death metal. No, not death metal shirts. <laughs> <laughs> but they had, you know, kind of a little care package. The A lot of the hotels have shuttle services set up specifically to take you there. Nice. And I will tell you from the Uber drivers that we took, all of them know exactly what's going on. Yeah. Sure. Most of them do. They're like, oh, yeah. And they have it so well organized that the Uber drivers want to do that because it's so easy for them to drop off and then pick up people with the ways that they have it organized that the uber drivers are excited that it's going on do do you guys know is there a, do you guys know the number of attendees to the event every year around ten thousand, right Ten thousand. yeah 
So that's impressive for a town. I mean, wow. obviously, Munster is not a, a small town by any means, but you you drop ten thousand people extra into an area. I mean, yeah. that's that's a huge thing for the economy. So I'm sure the big oh boom. yeah, big the, you know the Uber drivers and the hotels and restaurants and everything. I think a lot of the hotels that are right around Three Floyds are now up probably because of this event and yep. this event alone. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, there's there's a new one. Um, r- literally, I don't know. Basically, a block off the main street that Three Floyds is on. Um, that ha- I mean, if it weren't for Dark Lord Day, I don't think that hotel would be there. No. There's no, there's no way. No. Um, brand new hotel, and they actually rushed um, the completion of the project in order for uh, guests to be able to stay there for Dark Lord Day. So, I mean, things like that, you can just tell that the town totally embraces it. Um, and uh, I know that you know the city of Chicago does as well. You know, it's a, I don't know, Dan, you probably know better than me. It's probably 40 to 40 minutes to an hour to most uh, Chicagoland areas from Three Floyds. But, um, you know, more brewing uh, in Villa Park. They did their barrel-aged henna release. I think, I don't think that that's a coincidence. Um, And then I know there's a lot of different beer bars that have great tap tap lists um, in the uh, Chicagoland or city of Chicago area. and uh, what else was the other thing I was thinking? Um, I think they actually made it uh, Chicago Craft Beer Week. Yep. Was Illinois the, Craft was, Beer Week. Or Illinois Craft Beer Week. And I think that is centered around Dark Lord Day, in my opinion, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, this is the first uh, year they called it Illinois Craft, Illinois Craft Beer yeah, Week. It did have a name change. So Goose Island had crazy stuff uh, going That's throughout right. the week. You could go buy, I think you can go had, buy VR there for a day. For like 40 bucks, you could drink a vanilla rye there on site. Yeah. Uh, they That's had uh, Double Barrel Bourbon County. They had uh, Templeton Rye Bourbon County, just different variants that are keg only that they make for the week. And I think it's all kind of centered around the Illinois Craft Beer Week, the Dark Lord Day, and things like that. So, I mean, I think... That's what makes uh, events like that great is when the areas around it embrace it because, you know, there's a lot of people at Dark Lord Day that went to the more brewing release in the morning and went to Dark Lord Day in the afternoon and were going to the more brewing release the next, the next morning day. and kind of made a whole weekend out of doing a bunch of different things. And uh, I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, Dan. You might know the place better than I do, but there's a, a really, really renowned uh, beer bar along like I-80 in the... I don't know. Uh, are you talking about the open bottle? Open bottle. They had Prop yeah. 14 on draft on the Sunday after Dark Lord Day, uh, and specifically, I think their Instagram like was you know hashtagged day after Dark Lord Day or something like that, or day after DLD. So, uh, you know, just kind of to answer your question, Mark, I think uh, it definitely is embraced, and I don't think there's a lot of negative done to the town. I mean, it's not. Even though it's like heavy metal music, which probably draws a little bit bad reputation, I don't think there's anything negative brought onto the town other than there's probably people at some of the hotels that are, you know, a little more drunk than normal. But that's, I don't know, if you have just a random wedding group at a weekend, it's probably no different. So true. I think everyone brings so much money into the restaurants and things like that. I think it goes pretty well. Actually, well, I was just, it, I, you know, I've talked a little bit with, uh, you know, with some of the folks at Three Floyds and then people who have been as well. And. You know, the old saying is it takes a village sometimes. And I think, you know, with Munster, I I just did a quick search of the population. There's 23,000 people that live in the city of Munster. So if there's Hmm. 10,000 new people, you're talking about 50% increase. And so I think one of the things that that, that makes it really positive is is that Three Floyds really does a good job of policing themselves throughout the year. I mean, they are very much like you do not drink beer in our parking lot. If you are caught drinking beer in our parking lot, you leave. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, and I, th- I think they just have a really good, 
they have a really good relationship with with the you know the city of Munster. Uh, you know, you you can't do this type of event and have ten thousand people show up at a at a brewery that can have one hundred and fifty people in it or less at a time without the help of the municipality, right? So you have it's roped off, it's police, you know, literally, and I mean it's it's incredible that, that they're able to do that, but it's absolutely a boost to the economy. I mean, you talk about all the things you've talked about. It's people come in, that hotels have it. I mean, it's a great day for everyone, not just not just three Floyds. It's a great day for Munster. Yeah, I mean, the sure. um, Humane Society of Munster is there. They're the ones that are kind of in charge of the water. Um, and, you know, you give a small donation, but they have water until the very bitter end. So you're kind of never without, and then, you know, I mean, come on, it's the Humane Society is willing to put up with uh, 10,000, yeah. you know, neck beards all yeah. day long just to hand out water. <laughs> Whales bros. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm sure that it's great for them too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was a great weekend. Yeah. yeah it was a great weekend. So, well, we'll uh, we miss you guys this year, but we're excited to have you next year. So I, had, I actually have one more question before yeah. we move on. Um, Knowing that the day that you had, uh, you had a lot of fun, no doubt. What would you What would you do next year differently, or what would you have done differently this year to make the day even better? Have Mark and Dave. And it, it, could, it could be nothing. Great it could answer. be nothing. <laughs> have Mark and Dan there. I was so close uh-huh. to going, too. I just could not snag a last-minute ticket. We, My, it was not I, for lack I of I couldn't time. believe that. I couldn't believe like in years past you've seen you've seen tickets go up for sale. I, I think this year I don't know that you were allowed to to sell your ticket to someone else. Well, but you know the incredible thing is because they came out with these wristbands, there was no name attached to the wristband, so as long as you had a wristband, you were good. So actually it would have been easier. We didn't know that going into it. Though. We didn't know that going into it. Yeah. But it would have been easy if like so I had two wristbands. It would have been easy for me to say, or Ryan to say, I can't go at the last minute, give someone else my ticket, right. sell someone else my ticket. It would have been actually very easy. Where last year, although once you got the ticket, it was fine. Once yeah. you had the ticket. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, Dan, I'll say the one thing, and I, I talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, is that um, with the food and the different things that they have going on, I mean, it it is actually more than just a beer festival. And so I think... I. I put in the back of my head that I would walk around a little bit more and kind of try to take in some of the actual other festival things there um, a little bit more. And I probably just kind of got caught up into the different beers we were drinking and, and having a good conversation with everybody and everything. But, uh, you know, with all the food that they have for one thing, and I actually, I think just walking around and just trying to try just a random tap beer every once in a while would have been um would be something i would do different and uh Mm. but they also have like a dark matter coffee tent that has um like different giveaways they have barrel aged coffee they have free coffee all day long um different different coffee varieties you can buy there for one thing uh for one example um, they've got a merchandise tent that has dark lord's day dark lord day stuff three floyd stuff things like that and I didn't go and bother with that a whole lot this year, and I actually went to the the, uh, the Dark Matter tent last year, and um, I was there for probably an hour just kind of drinking coffee and looking at the different stuff they had, and I really enjoyed that. So I would probably do a little bit more of the non, 
like bottle share beer related activities for the for the overall event. But outside of that, not much different. I mean, when the weather's good and you're just kind of hanging out and having a good time and just, uh, I mean, you, it's a long day. And so just being rested and hydrated for it's important. But um, I mean, outside of that, I mean, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a long day, but it's fun and meeting new people and having, you know, good conversations and talking about beer and trying new beers is, uh, is pretty enjoyable. From an outside perspective, yeah, I mean, obviously you guys know I'm a foodie, and I saw the, the menu release that Three Floyds put out, and I was jealous just on the food release. I mean, obviously the beers are the, the main attraction there, but it they had a great variety of some really good food, and Three Floyds never disappoints with food. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned the brisket tacos on the podcast, and, and Evan and another guy we were with, Calvin, they had the brisket tacos later on, and I think all three of us on the drive home the next day were like, those are some of the best tacos we've ever had. Yeah. Like, and I had it, you know, early in the day after one beer, you guys had it not, you know, not a ton later. It wasn't like it was like drunk food or anything like that. I mean, it was super flavorful, like gastropub type, well thought of um, tacos with a ton of flavors going on. They, so they things never, like that. They never skimped it was crazy. on anything. Well, and that was that was a that was such a huge upgrade from last year, where now you're actually looking forward to having the food. Where last time it was okay, this is good. I know I need to eat something to make it through the day. And they ran out last year. Remember and that? We, a couple of the we food were, trucks ran we out. We were near a food truck that ran out of food, and every single tent that they had for food at Three Floyds wasn't like just a you know they had a they had a vat full of stuff. They had a prep kitchen. Basically, at every single food stand, yeah, it was probably just as well done as anything that they have ever done with the festival. So, I know we sit here and we can probably talk praises about how well they do sure. every time, but this is the kind of beer festival that I think everyone should enjoy. You don't have to like heavy metal to like this festival. Heck, you don't even have to like Three Floyds to go to this festival because you can walk around all day, not have a Three Floyds beer, and be very happy. Absolutely. Yep. All right. It's so, a good. It's a good start. To, it's a good start to go to Dark Lord's Day, Dark Lord Day, and like Three Floyds, though. Well, I recommend. Well, yeah. that. I, I, I understand that. that, but like, you don't even have to know much of what they have. Right. Should really enjoy their their food. So one right, quick so, thing, one quick thing we want to do is uh, Ryan brought a um, kind of a, uh, a taste testing beer that we're drinking out of our you know black glasses to try to he's going to try to fool us or palates our noses and everything i know dan can't really can you this. yeah can you just hold it up to the microphone and see if i can you know sense what it might be i mean i you know just drink that just so i can experience it with you <laughs> yes i'm doing it right now what do you think dan what do you think dan how's it smell boy uh i can smell the heat, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> smells fantastic Oaky, boozy, the, the heat. It's the heat, though, isn't it? I think it's, it's the heat. Yeah. Yeah. Are we it's boozy. Just super yeah. hot here. So are we, are we, yeah, trying, are we trying to guess on this yeah. one? This one's kind of got me stumped. I've, I've I've been sampling it over here in the corner. Um, it's, it's sweet on the nose. I get, like, lots of barley. I mean, like, malt, heavy barley. It's like, I don't get much in terms of hops. Like, just nothing floral, nothing piney, nothing. It kind of reminds me, I can't put my finger on it, it kind of reminds me of something from Dogfish Head. But I, I'm not quite sure. I feel like it's probably got some age, like some oxidation to it. Do you think it's barrel aged? 
No. Or no. fruited? No. no. Oh, those are two quick answers, Dan. I don't know. We don't I'm have to... very curious now. The thing is, I don't, like, other than kind of, I feel like maybe just your typical beer bitterness and malty bitterness, I, there's not much flavor to the taste of it. The other thing I go back and forth with, sometimes I've had, like, this might sound weird, but, like, like there's some Mexican lagers that kind of have this profile. Just kind of like a, not like, not... Not skunked out, but just kind of that sweet maltiness to it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to explain oh, it. Guys, I cannot even tell you how hard I would laugh if if Ryan was just like, "This is a Bud Light lime." <laughs> <laughs> is this a limerita? Actually, you have to stop with this because there's not really anything to lime. pick. There's not a whole lot to pick out, in my opinion. It doesn't seem very complex to me. Like maybe yes. are you like? So do you have any guesses on the style? You both said it's not barrel aged, not fruited. I mean, I guess I would say maybe like you a, said it's. You both think it's aged. A barley wine. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say like an amber, an amber beer. I just I don't think it's heavily hopped. What do you? All right, what what do you got? all right. So you guys are pretty accurate, actually. Um, and I didn't make something bring something simple to stump you guys, but um, just one that I thought would be fun from. Kind of a, an old school style that uh, I think we all like and enjoy, but we probably don't drink a lot. This is a classic, uh, a very classic popular beer by Anger, 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 Anger Brewery, uh, Celebrator Doppelbach. Oh, yeah. It is two years old, so I uh, I did age it uh, in the cellar for a couple of years because I just wanted to see how uh, how this would, would last. Um, so it is a 6.7% uh, Bavarian Doppelbach um, from Germany. And uh, Doppelbox, I mean, I think, Evan, I think you're pretty spot on that it's... The maltiness. You taste a ton of barley. Like, it's that's... Just, yeah. You know, it's a it's a, a barley-heavy ale. Um, it's not hopped with anything crazy. It's not... Obviously, it's not barrel-aged or anything beyond that. It's uh, just a nice, enjoyable drink. Hope you, hopefully, you guys like it. Uh, I was so close with a Mexican lager. Actually, you know what? When you said that, Mark, that was funny because um, I wouldn't say that I've had a Mexican lager before until I had the triptych one recently and some of those i mean that was a darker beer for sure and actually some of the flavors i got just from the malt and that i thought were very similar to some kind of more like a bock than um than like a than a lager or, or, or maybe maybe what triptych just, was trying to do there yeah maybe you're just picking up the the lager aspect versus an ale aspect maybe so oh, it was good but yeah that was uh you stumped me on that one i thought it'd be interesting not to do anything too crazy but I mean, we, these black glasses. Um, we nailed the non and, and non-barrel age, though. We yeah, that's. That. That, I think that that it's fun. It keeps our keeps our minds sharp and our palates sharp. And I know the the last time we did it, uh, I don't think we were close at all to uh, nope to what we we're supposed to be drinking. I mean, I think we drank those a little bit colder than um, we probably should have to get the the full flavors out. But outside of that, I don't want to make any excuses because. It is tough. I mean, it's yeah. When you don't have any idea what's going on, and all you can see is maybe a little bit of the carbonation um, and nothing else. Um, but glad you guys enjoyed it. Sorry, Dan. Um, you said you you smelled a lot of different things from that uh, from me putting it in the mic, but I, I think you're a little little off there. Well, frankly, I can't believe you guys didn't get it. <laughs> you mean you can't believe we didn't get it? Celebrator Doppelbach by Ianger. I, I just I can't believe it. Yeah. Shocker. Dan, did you pop anything else? Because, you know, we're going to, whether or not you do or not. 
I did not. So uh, I did not. What we opened up next was speaking of, you know, kind of going with the Illinois Craft Beer Week um, breweries that made a buzz. Uh, we are now doing the more brewing henna batch two, correct? Cinnamon, cinnamon babka. Babka, I think is uh, what they're calling it. And you've had this before, right, Dan? I have. Yep. It is I have. exactly a 4.5 on untapped, 11.8 oh. Imperial Stout. Um, it's with cinnamon, cinnamon, vanilla. I, I mean, I think that's really it, right? I and think chocolate. It's big big cinnamon chocolate. on the yeah. nose. 11.8. Yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, you know, they're, they're for sure doing the, the adjunct style stouts, um, typically two or three. Uh, this one's probably gotten the least amount of hype. For the henna series yeah the rainbow or double rainbow is the first one that was the neapolitan style and then the third one was more of a s'mores the double um, rainbow. but uh <laughs> we we're happy yeah, to crack an illinois beer for uh for this one as we talk about dark lord day and other fun things and well, I, haven't, I haven't tried and, it yet but big cinnamon big vanilla sweetness on the nose and like a nice bitter chocolate at the end on the, I'll on tell the you finish. what I, yep. you know, Sean. Sean is making a lot of Sean uh, Burns is making a lot of waves in the beer community, especially locally. But I mean, I, you know, I, I live three miles away from more Brewing, so I'm uh, admittedly a homer. But his non-barrel aged beers are some of the tastiest that I've ever had. I mean, he he he, they nail the flavors. I mean, it is like it's exactly what's on the label. I mean, so, it is so so good. It's, I mean, that double the, the you know the first the, the henna batch one the the rainbow was supposed to be the Neapolitan ice cream, and I mean he it was like the hardest thing I think is you know when you do a non barrel age is the fruited stuff, and I, I don't even want to guess how many pounds of of strawberries they did, but I mean he dumped them in like with three or four days left, and to this day I had one uh, a few weeks ago and it was. Still, so much strawberry. It, it's unbelievable. So kudos to him. And I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get my hands on the barrel aged stuff that get, that uh, that came out this weekend because I'm excited to try them. I know you guys have had a few, so, uh, and I'm curious your thoughts. So you mean the line didn't go all the way to your house? It wasn't three miles long because it looked like it from the news reports uh, and the helicopter. I was gonna say reports. I saw the WGN report yeah. on guys, uh, YouTube. I, it is, it is that is that line is that's far. It's it's far. It's down the down the Great American Trail, which does run right just north, just south of my house. It, it's far. That's a long way. Yeah, it's a it's basically just I a mean, straight line trail. And when you walk past it, you're yeah. like, wow. And people basically will line up till you can't even see that you know that far away. For yeah, when I when one I bottle the, of beer. when I went to Henna when I when I went to Henna Batch One. Um, my, you know, I, I got there at like seven in the morning and I was probably like 300 in line, 200 in line. Uh, and I, I left my chair there cause I didn't feel like walking all the way back to get it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's laziness. I know, but that, I mean, it, it's, and I think this year, I think for these releases for the barrel age, it was something like 600 bottles each. Yeah. I didn't maybe? see a bottle count, but I saw, um, I, I thought it was closer to a thousand. But um, I don't know if there was actually maybe, a number. It was maybe. all like, you know, hearsay or whatever, as far as I know. But uh, I remember seeing someone did a count at like six or six thirty a.m. on Friday. So that was the um, 
the, the vanilla rye caviar, whatever they called it. Um, and I vanilla think it was 600, caviar, yeah. 600 yep. people in line at 6.30 a.m., uh, which is what the count was. I mean, that's just... Well, which is funny, too, because it was my understanding that if you had a ticket, you got a bottle. Nope. And so they that's sold, not the They case. just did tickets to gauge the interest level to got make it. sure okay. that it would be okay. one per person and not more. <laughs> okay, got it. I, that's, I don't know. It got was, it. you know, I think, I think they're doing the right thing and trying different ways to do these releases because I think this is technically their fourth and they've done it different every time. Um, you know, the first one was kind of a mess, except that people could go through the line more than once. So some people didn't know about that. They got their one or two bottles and left. And then some people went was through one the line people. multiple times and got like six. And obviously people get fired up about that. Um, I don't remember what they did for this one we're drinking now for batch two, but then three was a, a ticketed release. So you could go pick up your bottles in like a, a 24 hour window so there wasn't a line, there wasn't anything crazy, you know, at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., what people are doing, camping out and stuff. Um, and then this one was kind of back to a little bit more of the norm where it's, you know, camp out as early as you want and you get a ticket and uh, we'll tell you how many or if you get bottles or not and we'll tell everyone when it's sold out. So I commend them for trying different things to try to figure it out. It seems like, I don't know, for me it seems like all these releases lead to the same kind of conclusion of a lottery um, where if you want a ticket, you can sign up either in a 24-hour window or like Goose Island does it in like a seven-day window. You can do it every day. And um, if you win a ticket, you can go pick it up. And if people win tickets that can't fly in, then the brewery gets to release them throughout the next year or whatever as, as they kind of please. So I don't know. It's kind of a – it's a tough – I don't know. Someone yeah, – I, I remember someone in, in a beer advocate group it. I was in was talking about uh, – opening a brewery and how they should do releases. And it's like, I don't think there's a good answer for it. Well, the conclusion that's, that's always come to is that someone is going to leave upset. There's going to be, and people you just have to, you just have to be okay. With, you know, you just have to be okay with the fact that if you're waiting in line at six o'clock in the morning or before, and you walk away with nothing like too bad, sorry. <laughs> like it's a risk you take. There's nothing you can do, right? There's nothing yeah. the brewery can do. Get on the hype train. It's a limited. It's a limited commodity that people want. A commodity. I will just yeah. trying this beer here. I will say though, the nose and the taste to me are are different. Yeah. I get cinnamon and a really sweet vanilla on the nose. I don't get any vanilla after the nose. And nope. then and then when you drink it, there's cinnamon. A lot more and like cinnamon. A, a cinnamon bitter, and a chocolate. Bitter chocolate. Bitter chocolate. Yeah. Bitter chocolate. Yeah. But there's no totally vanilla agree. on mm-hmm. on the tongue. You know. I wonder what kind of vanilla they use. Did they use... Well, and Dan, you said on their, their batch one that they use actual strawberries? Yeah. I would have assumed yep. it was a puree just by how it was not. potent the taste was. That's that's surprising. I'm glad I'm, I'm they did real sure, strawberries. I'm pretty, sure they used, I'm pretty sure they used whole, uh, fresh, whole strawberries. I could good, be, but it was... I was going to say, I mean, and, yeah. and the fact that they did it so, you know, only four days or I think you said four days before they bottled and released it. So, I mean, that would help explain why it was so potent but good for them i mean i i love i love seeing when when these breweries are doing actually like real ingredients as, as opposed to just purees and syrups and stuff yep yeah i mean that's i think that's why you see the breweries that do that well make such a better beer side project doesn't mess around with crummy adjuncts and ingredients <laughs> 
you know, Toppling Goliath doesn't mess around oh, with crummy no, adjuncts and ingredients, and that's why they make better barrel-aged stouts, better IPAs, better fruited. I mean, Nuglaris, do you think Nuglaris uses, oh. you know, purees and stuff? Why Absolutely do you think not. that their strawberry rhubarb tastes as good as it does? Yeah, right. And that's why I think that now, as you kind of hit that, you, you're going to approach that bubble of craft beer. You're going to see those places that use purees and artificial stuff and they don't make it the right way they're not gonna survive yeah i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure side project for their fuzzy batch three release just had uh um random volunteers sign up to um to i don't know mash or whatever you want to call it smash their uh their peaches, peaches for that release they didn't get free bottles or anything out of it it was just like no if you want to come and help us um to, you know kind of take care of these peaches for the day it's 3,000 pounds or some crazy amount, and they had people lined up to do that just to be a part of the experience with the brewery. I mean, it's like stuff like that that, uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't take much to, to gain a buzz, and, um, you know, obviously that, you know, that beer, you, you use real fruit and everything else um, makes a difference. Yeah, I mean, if you take shortcuts, just like in anything, you're not going to come out with a product that is going to stand the test of time. And I think the breweries are going to be no different in that regard, um, whether it's, you know, the Hayes Bros that don't do their hazy IPAs and, you know, they don't take the shortcuts and add things like flour and sugar, you know, if they do it the right way and they use the right yeasts and they, you know, focus on the, the technique, they'll, they'll last. They'll still make hazy IPAs that people want to drink rather than taking the shortcut. And these things are no different. And I think that's just... That's one of the reasons that we love craft beer so much. It's just like everything else. Like, I know all of us. We're going to seek out a restaurant that uses good quality ingredients, and and they like the the farm to table restaurant is one that I know all four of us would absolutely seek out whenever we go to vacations in new towns, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. like Versus like going to a, a, a typical chain restaurant where you know that maybe it's like bought in bulk or you know frozen they're, for a while. they're frozen or they're doing things to stretch their dollar and make max profits to the best of their ability. So, I mean, but that's everything. Yeah. <laughs> max profits, bro. <laughs> max profits. Dan, when do we get to see your sweet face again? Nine days. Uh, Next week. Nine days. Woo! Just yep. in time for me to get out of town and go to Mexico. <laughs> just, just enough time for Ryan to pack his bags and head out of town. <laughs> you guys are two ships in the night. That's right. Yeah, I'm. 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 In, I'm extremely excited to come back uh, because Ryan won't be there. Um, no, I, I. really. I really wish we could all be there for that because you know. You know, for next week on my birthday, we're gonna be visiting the uh, our friends down at Bearded Owl, and I'm. I'm. In, I'm very excited to talk shop with Nick, the brewer. Yeah, it'll be a good and, time. Nick and PJ, I think we'll hopefully both be there. Um, you know, I think we, you know, Mark and I have, have had the pleasure of being able to talk to Nick a lot, get to know him as a brewer. It'd be fun to sit down, too, with PJ to kind of hear how both of their heads work together when it comes to batches of beer down there. But, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about them. It's about time that we finally found something that worked for the majority of us to be there. Um, yeah. And I think it'll be fun. To, to be on location because I really like their location. They're starting to open up their back patio. Yeah. Um, they brought in food now. Uh, I think they've completely 
diversified and filled in their their tap lines and their menu so you know for a while they were hosting a few taps just to kind of keep all the taps open and keep people happy with different styles and now they've been able to fill a lot of those with their own stuff which is great yeah yeah we went there last week and yeah the plan on eating there dan because the food was really good that we had um wife and i went there before going to a minor league baseball game across the street um and we're gonna actually just do a drink there and an appetizer and go across the street somewhere else and do a drink and an appetizer. And the decor in Bearded Owl is fantastic. It's just a nice atmosphere. The beers were great. Um, so we ended up staying and having a second appetizer and another beer there. Um, we talked to Nick for a little bit too. And uh, I mean, it's, it's a, I mean, they're doing, they're making great beer, but it's just a nice environment to be in too. I mean, I think that's a key part of these places too. So um, we didn't get a chance to go out in the patio but uh, yeah, they're they're doing good things, and actually, next uh, when you guys are there, you should uh, hopefully they'll have their forage uh, sour that he made. Oh yeah, I um, saw that. Orange peel and thyme, I think, was the the sour. So uh, I got to try it before they uh, had finished kind of doing the forced carbonation to it and and putting it on draft. But um, it was pretty interesting, and I think that's um, I think that's a good combination of ingredients. So hopefully that'll be on draft for you guys next week. Can't wait. I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I, I'm I'm I am bummed that you won't be there, Ryan. It'll it'll be a good time though. It'll be a lot of fun. Well, Dan, we're looking forward to having you down here. If you um, need to bring any birthday beers, we'll happily drink them for you. Um, <laughs> we'll 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 definitely crack something good I, I for you too. I have a few of mine. I have a few of mine. All right, all right. I have a well, few of mine. So we'll, we'll we'll do something fun. All right, my friend. All right, fellas, have a good rest of the night, and I uh, look forward to clinking some beers with you next week. All right, All right. everyone, cheers. All right, cheers, guys. See you, Dan. See ya.